I want to talk to you today, and we're in a series called Enemies, and I, I want to speak to you from this thought, a new perspective. Here's my goal today, is I really believe that we need to have a new perspective when it comes to our enemies. And if you'll if you get this new perspective, it'll really revolutionize your life and the way that you view your enemies. So several years ago, I was betrayed. I was, I was hurt deeply by someone. It caused me a lot of pain, and I, I wish that I could say that I responded in all the right ways, but I didn't. I was, I was hurting. I was, I was upset. I was angry. I was disappointed. I never thought I would, but I was struggling with bitterness and resentment towards this individual. I didn't have a lot of good thoughts uh, towards them. I just was hurting and, and in pain. And it's really one of the, uh, the roughest, one of the roughest seasons of my life, just navigating through this. And, and I look back now, years later, and I'm so grateful that I went through that. I wouldn't change that experience for anything because can I tell you, I'm a better man because of what I went through. I'm closer to God because of what I went through. I'm more broken before God. I'm different. I'm more patient with people. I have more grace towards people. That, that was a huge moment in my life that I wouldn't trade for anything now that I can look back. And friends, here's what I want us to understand. When we are facing enemies, we tend to have the wrong view. But, but, but if you could fast forward, because some of you are dealing with enemies right now, and if you could fast forward five years later and you could look back at that situation, that enemy, you would say, you know what, I can see now what God was doing. As I look back, God was doing something deeply in me. He was doing something deeply through my life and in my life through that enemy. But when we find ourselves in the midst of the, of the enemy attacking us, it's, it's hard to see what's really going on. And we can have the wrong viewpoint towards our enemy. We have the wrong perspective. We get so focused on the pain. We're so focused on the hurt and, and what they did and how they disappointed us, how they betrayed us. We get so focused on, 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 on what has happened and how we're feeling that we don't see the value of having an enemy. And here's the shocking statement that I want to, to speak to you about today, and that is this. You need your enemies. Now, now, we know we need our friends, but I want you to know that we need our enemies. And I want us to look and get a biblical perspective on how we need our enemies enemies. God uses our enemies to get us to our destiny. God, God will use our enemies. Our enemies are so key to our future. Your moment is disguised as an enemy. Your moment, your breakthrough, the new season that you're looking for is disguised as an enemy. I think about Joseph. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and he ended up, after being sold by his brothers who hated him, they sold him, and he ended up in the land of Egypt, and Joseph in the land of Egypt became second in charge, vice president of Egypt. And friends, can I tell you, his promotion, it was, it was disguised as an enemy, his brothers who hated him, and that's how he ended up second in charge in Egypt. I think about David. 
We heard a great message on David and Saul last week, and Saul wanted to kill David, tried to kill him on multiple occasions, and David runs for his life. He's hiding out in caves, and David actually writes some of the Psalms running from Saul. He pens some of the Psalms that we read today that minister to our heart, that speaks to our heart today. And friends, can I tell you what happened to David? That enemy named Saul drove him to his knees, and he got closer to God. His faith was deepened and enriched with with Christ, with God, because of an enemy. I I think about Jesus, and and Judas betrayed Jesus. One of the 12 disciples betrayed Jesus, and, and Jesus ended up dying on the cross of Calvary for your sins and my sins. Jesus fulfilled his purpose because of an enemy. I think about the Israelites and Moses went and, and said, let my people go. And, and, and Moses, uh, he encountered a man named Pharaoh and he confronted him and Pharaoh finally let God's people go. And as they were leaving Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind and Pharaoh decided to pursue Israel and to bring them back into captivity. And as he was pursuing them, Moses, if you don't know the story, he, he put out his staff and got part of the Red Sea. They walked on the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, and an entire nation experienced God's miraculous deliverance that we read about today because of an enemy. Their next season hinged upon an enemy. What I want you to understand is that your moment is disguised as an enemy. Just like the nation of Israel, some of you need deliverance. And I want you to know that your deliverance is oftentimes disguised as an enemy. Come on. If you, some of you, you're looking at your enemy in the wrong way. You're going to have a, see a family member experience salvation because of the enemy that you're wrestling with today. You're going to see a relationship mended on the other side of that enemy. You're going to see your faith deepened and, and your relationship with Christ strengthened because of the enemy. Some of you are going to experience promotion, a raise in your job because of an enemy. Some of you, like Jesus, are going to fulfill your purpose on this earth because of an enemy. Friends, your moment is disguised as an enemy, and you need to have a new perspective on your enemies. You need your enemy. And what I want to do today is I want us to look at a very famous story David and Goliath. Now, if you've been in church a long time, you've, you've heard this story preached on, but I believe I'm going to offer just some, some new insight that's going to help you navigate through enemies and giants in your life. And, and David, as we look at this story, his moment was disguised as an enemy named Goliath, this, this giant. And I want us to learn some lessons from David. Why? so you don't miss your moment. I don't want you to encounter an enemy and then miss your moment. Let's learn some lessons from David. Number one is this. Overcome your fear of facing an enemy. That's the first lesson we learned from David. Overcome your fear of facing an enemy. Enemies can create fear in our hearts. And I want you to notice how this giant named Goliath, nine and a half feet tall, giant. I want you to see how he created fear in the Israelites. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and picking up in verse 9, it says, if he kills me, this is Goliath speaking. He says, send one of your men out to fight me. And if he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, 
you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified. Notice this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Trained fighting soldiers were terrified of this giant. For 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy had them so terrified that they just hid in the valley of Elah. And this is huge. This is huge. Because if they did not face this giant, that literally means that the entire nation is going to be enslaved. They're going to be captured by the Philistines. And yet all they did was hide because of fear. Their freedom was dependent on facing this enemy, and yet they're hiding. And I want you to see what Goliath says to David. David shows up on the scene, and 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41 says, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. He's talking big-time stuff. How many know oftentimes your enemy's bark is not near as big as their bite? How many know what I'm talking about? They're just talking trash, and, and his enemy is trying to intimidate him. He's talking trash. That's what happens with enemies. Come on, they'll text you something, send you an email, say something to you on social media trying to intimidate you. And if you're not careful, fear will grip your heart and fear will keep you from your moment. Just think about David. What if David would have allowed the fear of this giant to cause him to go hide like the other soldiers in the valley of Elah? What if David wouldn't have faced that giant that day, that enemy that day? Friends, can I tell you, David would have missed his moment and the entire nation of Israel would have been brought into captivity and into slavery if David wouldn't have faced his enemy. And some of you today, there is fear gripping your heart because of an enemy. And you need to face your enemy. I'm not talking about being ungodly. I'm not talking about retaliating or getting, un, getting even or acting like a fool or a jerk. That's not what I'm talking about today. But some of you are going to miss your moment because of fear of an enemy. Some of you need to go have a difficult but much needed conversation with a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, a family member who continues to hurt you. They're hurting you. They continue to hurt you, but you're fearful. What will they say? What if I talk to them? What if they don't respond right? And you're just fearful, and yet you continue to let them hurt you over and over again, and you're not doing anything. Fear. Fear will grip your heart. Some of you are being taken advantage of, and you're being abused. You're being misused by somebody. You've been stolen from from by somebody, and, and, and fear is gripping your heart, and you won't do anything about it. They're just taking advantage of you, and you won't do anything about the situation. Matter of fact, your self-esteem is diminishing. Your belief in yourself is diminishing because of the way they're abusing you and mistreating you, and yet you don't do anything because fear has gripped your heart. 
Some of you fear is stopping you from putting some distance between a family member or, or a friend that's, that's hurting you and hurting your family. And you've tried to talk to them and they won't listen. And, 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 and yet you, you know you need to put some distance between you and them and, and fear has gripped your heart. Well, what if I put distance between us and what will they say? What will they do? And fear has gripped your heart and you're not doing, you're not doing anything. Now, let me clarify if you're married, I'm not, I'm not telling you to put some distance between you and your spouse. That's not what I'm preaching today. No, oh, that's what I've been, I've been waiting for a word from God and you didn't get one today. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not telling you to throw your 10-year-old out the house. Get out of my house. You're, you're causing me problems, 10-year-old. Get out, get some distance between me and you. I'm not talking about that today. But I am saying some of you are being hurt by a friend, a family member, and you need to put some distance between you. And fear has gripped your heart. Some of you are in an unhealthy relationship. That boyfriend, that girlfriend, they're dragging you away from Jesus. That relationship you're in is toxic. It's dragging you down, and you know you need to break up, but fear is gripping your heart. And you're thinking, well, will anybody else love me? Will anybody else want me? And fear is gripping your heart, and you're not making the right decision because of fear. Psalms chapter 34 and verse 4 says this. This is what David said about fear. He says, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And some of you right now, you need to seek the Lord and allow the Lord to deliver you from all your fears. God wants to deliver you from your fears so that you can face your enemy. Your moment is disguised as an enemy. And I want you to understand that the fear that you're dealing with today is not from God. The Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear. And fear will cause you to miss your moment. Let's look at a second lesson from David, and that is this. You do your part and trust God to do his part. You do your part and trust God to do his part. Now, now your part is to get prepared to face your enemy. You've you got to get prepared. David prepared to face Goliath. I, I want you to notice this in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 40. It says he picked up. Five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Five smooth stones. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. The Bible says that David selected five smooth stones. In other words, as he was picking up stones and rocks, there were some rocks that were jagged. And he put them back down. They put jagged edges. They, they were rough rocks. And he thought, this, this won't work in my sling. It doesn't, it's not, it's not going to help me to, to shoot this, this, this sling and get the rock to fly straight because the, the rock is too crooked and jagged. And so he would put it back down. And, and he found five smooth stones to go face his enemy. David prepared for his enemy. And friends, don't you face your enemy without being prepared. Come on, have you ever went to somebody without a, having a prepared heart, and you said some things you wish you could take back now. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I wish, put foot in mouth. That, that, that was not good. I did not have a prepared heart. Don't go have a conversation with your enemy with an unprepared heart. People who have an unprepared heart, they are hot-headed because you're already mad at them. Do you know what I mean? They're already doing you wrong. They've already hurt you, and now you're being rude. You're being a jerk because your heart is unprepared. An unprepared heart curses people out. And some of you curse people out, and then you'll say, in Jesus' name, and you put Jesus all on it. 
You got an unprepared heart. Screaming and yelling and, and an unprepared heart, you'll get in a fight. You'll get in a physical altercation, an unprepared heart. But you know what happens? You got to prepare your heart before you go talk to your enemy, have a conversation, put distance between you and someone. You've got to prepare your heart. I mean, that means get prayed up. Spend time with God. Man, before you go, uh, go talk to an enemy, be sure that you get full of the Word of God. Man, just meditate on God's Word. Read a lot of God's Word. Just get your mind right. Get your mind thinking biblical thoughts. You know, but, before, but just prepare your heart. But before you go talk to an enemy, practice the conversation. This, this is something that I do because I have been bitter. I have had resentment in my heart. I've had, I've had a time or two where I wanted to hurt somebody in the name of the Lord. I've had those moments and praying and worshiping me my heart out. I remember one time I closed my, my door to a room in our home and I was just calling out to God, screaming to God. Knew I needed a breakthrough in my heart. And God touched my heart and then I practiced the conversation. I just start practicing. Now, okay, what am I going to say? What's the best approach? What's the best time to talk to them? How should I begin the conversation? I practice it. Now, if I say that, what if they say this back? How are you going to respond, Herbert? What if they get defensive? How are you going to respond? How do you keep a, gentle, keep a gentle answer? How do you respond right? How do you keep the same posture? How do you speak the truth in love? And I practice the conversation in my mind. You know, one, something else you do to prepare your heart is get wisdom from somebody who's godly that you can trust. Just go, how would you handle this? What would you say? They're hurting me. They're hurting my family. How would you handle this? And get wisdom from somebody who's godly and who loves God. What I'm telling you is you got to get five smooth stones. you got to be prepared before you go confront and talk to an enemy. Prepare your heart. And then once you've prepared your heart, then move forward and trust God. Move forward and trust God. Notice this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. David replied to the Philistine. The Philistine's been talking trash, and David says, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, and a big mouth. I added that part in there. That was, just, that was me. But I come to you, I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Notice what he says, today the Lord will conquer you. David gathered five smooth stones. He moved, moved forward, but I want you to notice he trusted God to bring the victory. He did not trust himself. He said, I trust God. God is going to conquer you. I'm going to do my part, but God's going to do his part. He says, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Then he turned around and said, God's going to do his part, and I'm going to chop your head off in Jesus' name. <laughs> but what I want you to notice is that David said, I do have a part to play. This is a war this was a literal war, two armies fighting against one another. And David says, I'm going to do my part, but I'm trusting God. He goes on to say, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know, notice this, that the Lord rescues his people. David said, it's not me that rescues God's people. The Lord rescues his people. It's amazing because some of us would say this, no, David, you rescued the people. David said, no, 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 I just did my part. I got my sling, I got my five smooth stones, and I shot the sling, but I trusted God. I was depending on God all the way. I needed that rock to land right. I needed it to cause the damage it needed to cause in Goliath's head. I depend, I'm the, it's the Lord who rescues his people. 
but not with sword and spear. He says, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. David did his part, and he trusted God to do his part. God will fight your battle for you and with you if you will honor him, if you'll prepare your heart, if you'll trust him and move forward, and then leave the victory to God. Leave the victory to God. Some of you, you got to overcome fear. You got to do your part, prepare your heart. And then you got to move forward and have the conversation. You got to break off the relationship. You got to put some distance between you and somebody that's hurting you, their enemy. They're hurting your family. They're hurting your marriage. They're hurting your children. And then you got to trust God to do his part. The battle is the Lord's. You have to leave the results and the victory up to your heavenly father. You do your part and you trust God to do his part. Number three is this, number three, number three. A, a third lesson, this, this is huge. Come on, if you're sleeping with your eyes open, wake up. This is big. This, this is big. I'm telling you, this is big. This is big. Here, here's the third point. Here's the third point. Enemies are a sign of a new season. Enemies are a sign of a new season. An enemy is an exit from one season and an entrance into the next season. It's an exit from one season and an entrance into a new season. The door to your future is being guarded by an enemy. Your moment is disguised as an enemy. Let's learn this from the scriptures today. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 25 says this. This is, this is David. David has showed up at the battle lines. He was bringing cheese and bread to his brothers because his father Jesse said, bring some bread and cheese to your brothers and bring back a report to, uh, t t t bring, back and t bring back a report and tell me how they're doing. And so David shows up and it says this, have you seen the giant, the enemy, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. He's created fear. The king has offered a huge reward, a huge reward to anyone who kills him. Whoever defeated Goliath, understand this, whoever defeated the enemy was going to exit one season and enter into a new season for their life. And notice the new season they were going to enter into. It says, he will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. David said, now, what's going to happen for the person who kills this enemy? I know there's something on the other side. And they explained to David the reward. You see, David understood that his moment was disguised as an enemy. David had the right perspective about his enemies. David knew his enemy was an opportunity to enter a new season. It was an opportunity. Your enemy is an opportunity to enter a new season. I want you to catch this. One moment, one moment propelled David into a new season. One moment with an enemy propelled David into a new season. I want to show you David's new season. So he defeats Goliath with the slingshot. God gives him the victory. And then I want you to notice 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5 says this. One moment, he, he exits one season and enters a new season. 
It says, whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war. David got a new job. David shows up. Get the story now. Understand the story. He's, he's the youngest brother. His daddy says, boy, go down there and check on your brothers and bring me back a report. Okay, daddy. David shows up at the battle lines. He's not a trained soldier. He's the youngest brother. He's there to bring cheese and bread. He hears about a giant, an enemy named Goliath, who's talking trash, who's defying Israel, has an entire army scared to fight. David said, I'll go. And David confronted the enemy. He dealt with the enemy. And now the Bible says he's the commander over the men of war. Not a trained soldier, but now he's running the soldiers. One moment propelled him into a new season. It goes on to say, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. And all the officers, all the people were like, yeah, put that dude over all of us. One moment. Now he has favor with all the people. One, one moment with an enemy propelled him into a new season. Verse 6 says, when the victor, victor, victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistine, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. David in one moment went from obscurity to notoriety. He went from being a nobody to being famous. And in one moment, now all the ladies are out on the street to sing a song to King Saul. And the song went, King Saul, you kill your thousand. But David, his tens of thousands. David, David, he's our man. If he can't do it, nobody can. I mean, one moment, one moment propelled David into a new season. Friends, when you're facing an enemy, there's always a blessing on the other side. I'm going to say that again. When you're facing an enemy, there's always a blessing on the other side. You have to begin to see your enemy differently. Listen, you see this time and time again in the Bible. Think about Joseph. His brothers sell him into slavery, then he ends up in Egypt. And then when he gets to Egypt, where he ends up second in charge uh, to, uh, of the entire land, but the Bible says he encounters another enemy. Potiphar wife, Potiphar's wife falsely accuses Joseph, gets him thrown into the prison. He meets the cup baker and the cup bearer, and, and then Joseph interprets their dreams. And then the bear, cup bearer gets his position back with Pharaoh, and then he tells Pharaoh about Joseph and all all this transpired that he met the cupbearer in the prison and it traces it all back to a lady named Potiphar's wife an enemy then trace it all the way back to Joseph's brothers his enemy listen man let me tell you your moment is disguised as an enemy then I look at Moses Moses would not be the great leader today that you know him to be if it wasn't for an enemy named Pharaoh that he went to ten times and let my people go let my people go. He was a stutterer. Let, 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 let my people go. Let, 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 let my people. Ten times. You know Moses today because of an enemy named Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the doorway to his next season. I can talk to you about Jesus. 
You better thank God for Judas. One of the 12 disciples went rogue, sold his soul, and he betrayed Jesus. The man I kissed, he's the one. He's the one kill him. And Judas was the doorway to Jesus' next season of dying on the cross for my sins and your sins, rose again on the third day, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, your enemy. Your moment is disguised as an enemy. There's always a blessing on the other side of your enemy. You got to get a new perspective. You got a wrong view of your enemy. Your moment is disguised as an enemy. And some of you need a new moment. You need a new season. Some of you need a season of freedom in your life. On the other side of that enemy is going to be peace. On the other side of that enemy is going to be healing for your heart. On the other side of that enemy is going to be joy unspeakable. On the other side of that enemy, you're going to have closeness with God that you've never had. Some of you on the other side of the enemy is going to be a promotion. It is going to be a raise. On the other side of the enemy, you're going to have some new friendships. On the other side of the enemy, your marriage is going to be restored. On the other side of the enemy, you're going to be set free from an addiction. I'm telling you, your moment is disguised as an enemy.